life in the near or distant future will be unkind, what will you do when it is? Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. My name is Tyler, and I am turning brokenness into possibilities. Great news, everybody. Dave is here to interpret our dreams and give us the deets on the life of Joseph. But first, as surely as Pharaoh lives, I like my dream coat pressed and heavily starched. So let's catch up with our favorite co-hosts, voted most likely to sell their siblings to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels. Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Would you sell your, your sibling for 20 shekels? I feel like Lucy is worth more than 20 shekels. She's very gifted. Yeah. I would probably at least 60. start. <laughs> I'd start at 50 shekels. Well, that way they could talk me down and I'd, I'd walk away with neg- the 20 I wanted originally. <laughs> wow. That's, that's how I'm making deals. Keen negotiating tactics. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Guys, how are you? How was your weekend? Man, I don't, when I'm on, on the weekend, where were you? I was at Fish. We were all at Fishers, yeah, Tyler. You we know the answer. Fishers. All three of us, we even got pictures together. It was yep. great. All three of us were on at Fishers. And um, I just feel like when I'm on, on the weekend, I've got nothing exciting to talk about. Like Aww. I'm just doing seminary and <laughs> working at Grace and being married. Those are the three things I do in my life and Aww. owning a rabbit. Like those are the only things I do in my life. No, right now. you got stuff. No. Right. No, that's literally, oh. that's it. That is all it is. Did you so. have a good Mother's Day at least? Yes, that was fun. Except I was so exhausted because I was on all weekend. So yes. <laughs> can we cut Barry's mic? He's yeah. a little too negative for no, this show. No, I'm not. <laughs> Thing is, I'm happy. I'm just really busy. I just oh, don't have okay, anything good. like exciting to talk right. about. If you want to like, I don't know, talk about like the development of the threads of monotheism <laughs> through like post-exilic Israel, like I, hey, let's go all day. If but that... <laughs> Is grinding your gears right now, man. Let's talk about it. I don't think grinding your gears is a good thing. If your gears are... No, uh, it's not a good thing. <laughs> okay, well... It's not a good thing. It grinds my gears. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> well, Marin, anyway. Marin, how are you? Good. I'm tired. Yeah? Just, I mean, we were all there, all at Fisher's Sunday morning, and we've talked on the pod before about how post-service, yeah. when we're on, it Long tends, weekend. tends to be nap time. And Fisher's is pretty brutal, because you have to get there at... Yeah. 650. 650. Not, not seven, Mm-mm. but 10 till seven. And I don't know why. <laughs> it just feels so much Those worse. extra 10 minutes would be life-giving. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There was no breakfast in bed for this mom. Mm-mm. No? No. What did, did your kids do anything for you on Mother's Day? Um, okay. Mother's Day. That was yesterday. My son We're recording was, this on a Monday. My son was on, um, at Fuse in Fishers. Oh, he played drums. He did. He played drums. Okay. So we, we drove to church at the same time, which is nice because that's a rare thing that we rarely get to do unless we're on together. Um, During a run through when you were practicing, he was sitting in the front row. Yes, he was. And it was like seven in the morning. And mm-hmm. I said, Jaden, why are you here? What are you doing? And he said, my mom made me come. <laughs> Okay. Well, he wanted his dad. <laughs> he wanted his dad to drive him there at like seven fifteen. Yeah, but if of course. I'm leaving at like six forty five, mm. why would I make Jed get up and drive Jaden there just a half hour later to save Jaden a half I hour? I don't know. I'm just I'm just the messenger. Listen, all I know is on the way to church, I said to that boy, "I'm going to give you one chance <laughs> to be a, a decent human being on Mother's Day and to say something to me." 
that you need to say what? because of the day that it is. Which he had and he was no like, idea. No clue. Uh, no clue at thank, all. Thanks for driving me, mom. Right. I don't know. He's like, what's, uh, happy what's Arbor today? Day. He didn't know? What's today? Is it no. your birthday? Oh, Shaden. No, he did not know. Shaden. <laughs> See, I rest my case. About what? Boys. Boys. Boys, man. <laughs> Seriously. He's officially taller than me. We discovered that this weekend. Mm. Wow. And he's 14 going into his freshman year and- I won't say dumb as a box of hammers because I love him, but I see what you mean. I'll just oh, say that. Come on. I see what you mean. See what I mean? <laughs> Get out of my face. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Can I say though, I, I popped my head in to fuse while he was playing and kid is gifted. Yes, yeah. he is. He's, He's a ridiculous. gifted young yeah. man. He's on this hey, weekend at 146. That doesn't make it right. Really excited about yes. It doesn't make it right. Jaden, you need to you need to <laughs> recognize Mother's Day. Put it on your calendar. I was so but cranky. But man, well done. Oh man, yeah. I, I had a cranky Mother's Day. You did? Because then I get done with church and I'm so hungry. I thank God for Kevin Roth who made my Mother's oh. Day by giving me a power bar like right before church. He's like, All can right. I get you anything? I'm like, does this church house snacks? Is there a snack house, anywhere? House Do we house them? <laughs> he, he brought me a protein bar and it got me through the morning. Here's the deal. If you are a brand new Grace Church campus, people feel like it's time to bring breakfast for everyone. So if you're in a gym or a cafetorium, oh, so nice. people are bringing breakfast left and right every yes. week. As soon as you move into that permanent building, man, On breakfast is cut off. On no more. You, get, you do get free coffee over they there. They don't but. even... For a long time, they didn't even have real cream. No, what they have? I was bitter. Them. I was bitter. Come on, Fishers. They had they had liquid paper. Ugh. White That's out. That's what it tastes. <laughs> white out. That's what it tastes like. Put white out in your. You were as bitter as the coffee tasted. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for all Good. that negativity surrounding Mother's Day, being hungry, being cranky, I have to say, being on with both of you. And Miles, dear friend of mine, yeah. and Cameron Todd, who's going to be an intern here this summer. Mm-hmm. That that just made my whole whole Mother's Day. That Great. was so much fun. I got well. to see my mom on Saturday. Drove back um, to Chicagoland Saturday morning. Drove home Saturday night, late Saturday night. That was really hard. Mom, mom wasn't mm. wasn't feeling very well. Mm. Um, but just knowing that. I was going to see you guys mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Like, okay, it was great. This. I had a great awesome. time. It was fun. Tyler, I apologize. Because you, as the service director, reminded me between services that I needed to say that there were three ways to give when I I called for the offering. And guess what I forgot to say? That. That. One thing. Oh, I noticed. I had one job to do. One job. (laughs) One job. It's okay. There are three ways to give, but you don't need to apologize to me. (laughs) Would you like to tell us about that? I literally remember that this morning and I was like, ah, this morning. Yeah, or something. (laughs) I was just like, three ways. Maybe I was in the shower. I was just like, three ways to give. Uh, Dang it. We blew it. (laughs) Oh, well, it was fun though. Um, there was family dedications. Yep. So a lot of families dedicate their babies. The benders blew it. We didn't sign up in time. So we did not dedicate Milo. He's, do- he's doomed. Yeah. He'll, be like, he's doomed. he'll be like in middle school. Yeah, it's like, kind of our own uh, social, social experiment. We're going to see how you know, this goes. Uh, both my kids were two. We, we were kind of late in the game. Really? We didn't dedicate so either still one hope? of them until they were two. Yeah. So there was that, and then there was graduation recognition. Yeah. Yep. A lot of grads. North Indy, no grads, but maybe next year we'll have a bunch of grads. Mm-hmm. Was it packed here at 146th Street, Dad? Uh, we, we had, yeah, one of the, well, Fishers had the highest attendance since opening day. All right, Fishers. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was I mean, like at 146. We with yeah. with uh, <laughs> the number of like people being recognized, like grads and oh, yeah. babies uh, the, and stuff. The, well, two of the hours, 430 and 11, there was no room on the stage. Huh. It was packed. That's awesome. 
Families who are looking to uh, dedicate your baby. Pro tip. If you can get your kids on the video, it's like, hi, I'm Tyler. And we just want uh, Milo to grow up in a Christian home. Like if you're going to go through that route, it is awesome. A huge hit. If you can have your kids fighting in the video. Yeah. <laughs> Pro, huge tip. Hit. yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just load them up with sugar. And sit them like on each other. I did feel bad. There was family. I mean, it was so great, but there was a family and um, I had heard that there was a one video that was particularly challenging and and (laughs) apparently it was their best take. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see which one it is. And they, the kids are pulling each other's hair and they're like, stop it. it." So good. (laughs) So good. They're like yelling at each other in the video as the parents parents are like, like we really want to raise these kids in a Christian home and show our community that we love. And (laughs) (laughs) it was, I felt bad. It was so, the room was going nuts. They loved it. We were, yeah, it was awesome. So that's, we're going to try for that next time. Yeah. Who's Milo going to fight with though? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We have to wait. We have to wait for the next kid, I guess. Dave. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Busy weekend. Uh, Yeah. Just doing. Did you get outside at all or? I did for a while and I messed up my leg big time. What'd you do? Well, we had a wooden wing uh, swing set uh, for our little adopted grandkids, uh, and it was all falling apart. So I decided to take it apart. So I took it apart and was all laying in a garden. So Penny told me I need to cut it up. So I got out the chainsaw. Oh, no. Yep. No, no. what'd you do? Well, I see no, both of your legs. Yeah, no, you still have your here. legs. Well, you can see this. No one oh. can see ah. this, but well, I, picked, I, picked <laughs> up, I picked up the largest of the pieces of it to get ready to cut it. And I tried to do it with one hand and it fell over on my leg and took off skin down to the bone. Nope. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> down to the bone. Not to the bone. <laughs> it just took out a lot of skin and uh, there was blood. Oh man. Yeah. It, what's I've, the plan for the whole swing set? You're cutting it up and then what? It's, burning it? Nope. Throwing it away. Just cutting it to make it easier to yeah, carry. Because I'm... It, no one really needs to know this, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious because that was like a big swing set. Yeah. So You're any, wrong. This is anymore. why people are tuning not in. anymore. So I got my chainsaw. And you're, All right. That's, okay. That's do you own a chainsaw? I do. I've known you. This is one year. I've been at, I've been at Grace for one mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Do you have <clears throat> like a yard work related injury every summer? Is Pretty it much. once a summer? Because last year. Right. Yeah. What happened last year? I put my hand down on top of my neighbor's power, uh, washer. power yeah. washer when it was uh, Gehenna hot. <laughs> <laughs> and That's the word for hell, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. And I burned my hand into the next life. <laughs> so yeah, uh-huh. every year, pretty much. Okay. So- well, maybe you should stop anxious, going outside. Anxious to see what it will be next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm asking because I was doing some yard work for my parents this weekend, just mm-hmm. trying to help them in every way possible. And I was trimming this hedge and I wanted to do a really good job because it was a hedge that used to have like the little pom-poms, like kind of bush looking thing. Like you got to separate them. Like, like a... Like a- like one that had been like decorative. Art- artfully yeah. decorative. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this thing like it's a bonsai tree and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Mm. So I was carefully carving, but somehow um, I sliced the cord of the, like uh, all the way, like I severed mm. it. I severed the cord the that cord. was plugged into the trimmer. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Whoops. And it had but just begun to rain. you didn't electrocute yourself? No. That's good. No. It was amazing. I lived. 
some sort of circuit breaker saved my life. So what do you do? You just leave it? Goodness, no. No. Yeah. What'd you do? Call Jed. <laughs> go buy this cord quick. Oh, you had to go get another one so you could finish trimming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marin. I'm not built for yard work. Made for yard work. I don't you, understand You said on work. Sunday that your hands were shaking still. They were, well, yeah. I get like the tremors I, and it's just got to be from holding on to that thing yeah. for so long. But like every sip of coffee I took, I was just mm-hmm. rattling, rattling. Uh, moving day. Yes, sir. Got a text. Did you? Got a text. Did you really? Yeah. Jed texted me. <laughs> I love when I don't know this. And uh, moving day is <laughs> this is Friday. Oh, is it? <laughs> it is. It sure is. Did you, you, not don't, know you don't know this? Are we breaking news? <laughs> Jed, I'm, Jed, I'm starting to see a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. First the house, now this. I just, I think I, I think I just don't listen well. Friday I, I'm going to put this one on me. I'm not a good listener. Oh, he told you, but you didn't listen. Probably. Uh, Friday at four. Okay. We're moving you out. <laughs> Get ready. Can't We're wait. coming. It's great. I guess I better go finish painting. Are you excited? Like what's, what's the deal? What's the, what's I'm up? Just what's overwhelmed. the update? I'm not excited. I'm overwhelmed. I'll be super happy when I'm not You're settled? in the middle of moving. Yeah. 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 And the kids finally saw the house and everybody's in and. Pumped. Um, the kids don't have a choice. Well, are they excited? <laughs> um, I, mm, no. Oh, oh man. I, well, cause what's on the table right now, to be honest, is there might be a, a school change for Desi. Oh which, yeah. That's why she's not excited. That's tough. And I can't blame her. So that's a tough I'm one. trying to figure out the, uh, any possible way that I could keep from having that happen. I'd be responsible for getting her to and from school every day, which most days would probably work, but some days definitely wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, close enough for her to walk or ride her bike or anything like that. Well, you can just do what you did to Jaden this weekend and bring her super, super early. Yeah. 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 I've asked if the school has like an after school program for her to kind of just like, like a holding pen until I can get her. But they wow. don't, they don't have that. They don't have that in Fishers? They don't have that. <laughs> bummer. Well, that is a bummer. Guys, I went to a board game auction. Yeah, you did. Oh, for Saturday. Wait, auction? An auction. Wait, well, these are like old board games? Yeah. So like if you have board games that you want to get rid of, uh, I think the store may have contributed, but there were like 900 board games that they were auctioning off between Saturday and Sunday at Family Time Games. It's a con. It's a very uh, great <laughs> experience. <laughs> very great. It's very so great. great. The uh, greatest. I go there all the time. Family Time Games, 86 in Michigan, and it. It's great. I didn't know what to experience or what to expect, but I walk in. And there's like folding chairs everywhere. You grab a number, like a real auction. And then the owner of the store gets up there. He's like, all right, it's 1130 in the morning. And he's like, all right, this is going to go until tomorrow at 6 p.m. What? Nonstop? Well, like all I'm night? sure they close and then they reopen and start it back oh, okay. all over again. Okay. But still like two full days of auction. Is it like a silent auction? There, or- there was a silent auction there, but this is like, he's standing up there. Is and he like just auctioning off? Yeah, he's like, when this is a number. Are you saying number on like a paddle? Yeah, on a paddle. Ooh. And so he's Ooh. up there and he's like, this looks like a, a dice game. Might be for families. Uh, looks a lot of fun and great condition. Wait, bidding starts at $1. He didn't say the name of the game. Well, he did. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Share some names with us, Tyler. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are these like obscure games? Yeah. Like he wouldn't be auctioning off Yahtzee, right? Yeah, what were you looking for? No. So I was looking for any, um, 
I go to board geek, boardgamegeek.com a lot and I'm looking for like maybe any of the top 100 games, which probably weren't going to be in this auction, but I found that out after I'd gone there. <laughs> and so I go there and lo and behold, people from Grace are there. No. Of course they are. People like from Grace of, are there. Like lots of people from no, Grace? Are I wouldn't him. say a lot of people are there anyways. What knew? does that say about Grace? It says great things. <laughs> it's, here's what it says to me. We, uh, we I, I need to start a board game group. Do it. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's people like, I'm like, who's going to go to the board game auction on a random Saturday and Sunday on Mother's Day, who's going to go <laughs> to a board game auction on Mother's Day and right. Grace people are there. Yeah, they are. And they're like, hey, are you Tyler? And I'm like, yeah. Well, you, we, you go to Grace. It's great. We had a young adults board games group a little while ago and there were a lot of people who were not in the age range who were really upset that they couldn't be a yeah, part of things like maybe that. So these you might be onto something. You might be onto something. Stay tuned, everybody who likes board games. Did you get anything? Uh, I did. I got a game. Um, yeah, about half price. Pretty nice. Do you play board games every weekend? His car. I, would love I just to. I just parked next to you, and I was walking, in and I was like, "Whose car is that?" Oh, the entire back seat is full of board games. <laughs> yeah. It's probably Tyler. Yeah, that, yeah. I like to play board games as much as I can. I don't get to as often as I can. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. What's uh, your favorite board game right now? Right now, um, I would say there's this game called Azul. Spanish for blue. 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 Spanish for blue. It's a family game. It's rated in the number one family game of 2017. And uh, it's like a mixture. Do you know what Mexican train is? I do not. Okay. Is that like Ticket well, to Ride in Spanish? No, it's like you I don't know what that tiles. Is. I don't know. It's like a mixture between Scrabble and Mexican train, but no words. It's like you're matching tiles to colors and you're competing against your family members and you're trying to rack up your points. It's one of those games that you can like have conversations with and socialize, but and not pay too much attention to the game, but so it's still not like play high, the game. It's not like fast paced. No. Intense. It's really cool. It's really like it's casual. Like a vacation. It's like a take it on your vacation yeah. with your family. Yeah. I mostly come from a non game playing family. I have one oddball sister uh, who listens to every pod and loves to play games. Great. The Maybe she can be in the group. was when I was planning their baby showers and the one sister says to me, please no games. You know, I hate <laughs> well, games. Those kind of, yeah. I'm like, yes. No games <laughs> ever. Marin, what do you guys do as a family? Talk? That's weird. <laughs> we do a lot of music related things <laughs> as a family. We like, we like to eat. Well, I like That's... those things too. <laughs> it's just, uh, I want to play games. You do? Yeah. All right. You Invite can be in the me group. To it. Let's have a game night. Yes. <laughs> I want to play games. Okay. I'll find some games that we can all play and I'll make some food and we'll record it. Yes. Maybe I, we can I'll bring food. I want to have, I want to have a 100 person like oh, wow. RSVP, like limited spots for a hundred person Fortnite tournament for just grace people. <laughs> oh wow. That's yeah. What is Fortnite? It's the game. It, it is the, the video game right now. Is it? Yeah. Is it people shoot people? <laughs> is that the kind of game you want to play? I don't know. That's uh, a game that they used to play a lot. It's oh, a yeah. cartoonish looking game where a hundred people are all dropped they all parachute onto an island and they have to try to get like guns and last build, man build forts and they be get, the last see, person guns guns and it's violent each other. but it's violent and it's cartoony it's not like a okay it's not gory or anything yeah. like that and it's free okay and people pay to get fancy outfits in the game that don't actually help it's you at made, all it made two million dollars in like a month because they're selling outfits for yeah. your Wait, character that you buy the outfit 
it's free, you to, it's free to play you can, you can buy so clothes I've, for I've it. never spent a dime on it but other but your people outfit, your outfit's terrible i'm sure though. it's just the basic <laughs> outfit yeah people look at me and they judge me yeah probably Marin, you'd love it all uh, right, yeah. let's, let's, let's we're, we're annoying Marin. I have a glazed look on my yeah, face. Let's yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Dave, you so, gave a message about Joseph last weekend. Did. And uh, you talked about hard times and what are we going to do about it when it en- when they enter into our life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of give us a summary or a synopsis of the big idea and a little bit about Joseph for the folks that may have missed yeah. last week's sermon? Well, uh, the overall series is on the patriarchs that we read about in Genesis. We studied Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons. One of them was Joseph. Joseph was the was the preferred son of Jacob, and he had a unique capacity to interpret dreams. I guess you'd call him a seer. Isn't that what the word we would use? He was a seer. Oh, yeah. I guess. Uh, and his brothers hated him, uh, uh, sold him into slavery, ended up in Egypt, where through a series of circumstances, he comes to great power, saves the nation of Egypt and his own his own nation as his uh, brothers and their father end up in Egypt. And that's how Israel ended up in Egypt for 400 years, which we'll cover in a couple. Really? Yeah, that was interesting. That's Joseph. Yeah. Um, But but the big, you want to cover the big idea? Do you want to talk about that? Okay. But the big idea is in the middle of it, this young man, um, probably because of what he had a deep held belief about something, he was able to navigate a very unkind life in a way that, uh, well, he's a great example of how to, when, when life is terrible, mm. how to respond in way, uh, respond in integrity and eventually gain influence him, uh, over, you know, for God's, God's purposes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What? So, uh, I've always heard about the Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. What, what's with the, what's with that? What's with the robe? Like, why was that so significant? Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of disagreement as to what that act- was. It actually many colored, or it was just a special robe, or uh, I don't know. His dad liked him and just made him this cool robe, and I guess none of the other brothers got a cool robe, and they hated him because he was. Wh- what do you know about Bear? I just know that the like the KJV, the King James version of the Bible, used multicolored or colorful yeah. as the translation of the Hebrew word. So from okay. that point on, everybody just pictured it as this like rainbow robe. And that's where we get the, oh, okay. the coat of many colors, but there's like, no like significance. Well, to the, the story. actual Hebrew word is like, it, we don't know exactly what it means. It might just mean fancy or special. Fancy what do you have? Nice. Marin? Well, side note, didn't the prodigal son also receive a robe when he came back to his yeah, father? So it's there's probably an, some significant, you know, adorning of mm, a child mm-hmm. that you love. There's a whole there's a whole stream of thought about the comparison comparing the story of Joseph's life with the story of the prodigal son. It's interesting, but we don't need to get into that right now. <laughs> um, so the first part of your message you focused on, um, well, the thing that I pulled out is when I'm in a bad place, the person I'm fi- I'm thinking about most often is myself, mm-hmm. and Joseph was somebody who didn't do that, right? Right. I mean, in, and my point was, uh, we would never say this out loud, but when life is bad, we somehow internalize the idea that I pretty much can do whatever I want and nobody's going to blame me. Yeah. And I'm not going to blame me because look, life is terrible. And so, you know what, if I just let myself go, uh, if I let yeah. go of my values or my integrity, who's going to blame me? I'm, I'm going to get nothing but sympathy and 
And then in the back of our minds, we think, when I get through this, then I'll fix my life. But right now, I just, I just, I just can't deal. I can't deal. So, mm. but he, he went in steely-eyed and with integrity intact, and I don't know how he did it. Well, I, I have a sense how he did it because of his theology, what he believed in mm-hmm. God. Yeah, yeah he, he took a posture of things are terrible for me, but how can I help you? Yeah, how can I help it, you? A, B, uh, you want to do what? No, I don't want yeah. to do that with you. Yeah. A young man says no to a woman that's pursuing him. That's great integrity. And then at the end of the story, at a time when in that world, if you didn't get revenge, you were considered weak. He chose not to revenge against yeah. it. And nobody would have blamed him. If he had killed his 11 brothers, nobody would have blamed him. They said, well, they got, that, got what they deserved. He didn't do that. So amazing posture. Are you guys revenge people? <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't take the posture of revenge. If your siblings were trying to kill you, or whatever, like do bad stuff to you, like what making your life, making wow. life terrible for you or like anybody, well, not just your siblings. But if, if life was bad because of somebody else's actions, do you feel like your, you, your, your sense is to get them back? I'd like to think I'm not. However, <clears throat> I'd be lying if I said there wasn't occasionally sometime a sense of satisfaction from when somebody gets their comeuppance yeah. or whatever. So but I don't know that I'm a revenge Isn't person. that the best yeah, part well. of every movie? Like when the bad guy gets what's coming to him? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That was going to be my follow-up is I feel like we are surrounded by revenge culture. Oh my gosh. That is, we are, we are a revenge culture. Yeah. Like if somebody does something bad to you, you go get them or you wait until they get their comeuppance. Yeah. There was one time in, <laughs> in college, <laughs> um, I went to McDonald's and they didn't give me my, give me my fries. And I went back wait, to my- Wait, wait, were you in the drive-thru? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I went home. I didn't look in the bag like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I went home, saw no fries. I called McDonald's and I was like, no fries. <laughs> and they said, come back, we'll give you the fries. So I, did, I got in my car and went back to go get fries but by the time I had gotten there, the shifts had changed. Uh-oh. So new manager, I said, I just called. Uh, what about the fries? And, and they're like, right. They're like, yeah, we're not giving you fries. Yeah, go I away. don't know anything about that. We're not, yeah, <laughs> go away. So you burned the place to the ground. So no. guys, I got in line in the drive-thru. When it came to my turn in the drive-thru, I ordered like, a hundred dollars worth of food and drove away. And then I drove away. Wow. That is revenge. I'm a revenge person. Awful. That's terrible. (laughs) I'm a former life. People who had to make that food then I know. Listen, it was like 15 (laughs) years ago. I don't need to be judged now. I'm just admitting I'm not there's judging a part you. of me. I'm just reminding you that that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. In yeah. case you might consider that some sort of a so virtuous I got out of line. Why didn't I know that before the sermon? I could have told that. Yeah, we could have talked about station. Yeah. I have too many drive through stories. Yeah, you do. When will you learn? I don't know. So none of that's in you, huh? No. Well, I mean, I, I come on. I can't think of one good revenge story. Like, you can't? I'm trying real hard. Well, it's okay. I'm happy if there, it, if it's not. But no, the way- one time... Yeah. When you were talking about this, I was like, oh, that's in me. One time when I was at, yeah. at, uh, at college, somebody did something... I don't remember even what it was. They were, it was like pranking going on in my, on my dorm. And so I did a nice 
harmless prank. I signed his email up, email address up for about <laughs> yeah. like 50 shady newsletters <laughs> yeah. that I knew would sell them to other places. And so he yeah. started getting like over 10,000 like unsolicited emails a day. And, and then I, I subscribed him for a bunch of uh, like catalogs at his school mailbox. If nothing else, at least I know who to go to the next time I, yeah. I want to take revenge. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but don't do it. No, I've never done that. I've just been bitter for days and weeks <laughs> yeah. and hours. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a revenge person. Just I'm a bitter. Hopeless bitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> Joseph wasn't. Yeah, Joseph wasn't that. Um, do you, so he read dreams. Oh, nay, romancy. I just literally for seminary read that yesterday. That's what it's called. They what? Have, Say it again. O N E I R O M A N. Have never What is dream that? interpretation? Uh, you know, there's like necromancy and astrology yeah. and oneiromancy is really dream interpretation. Oneiromancy. Oneiromancy. It's it's from a Greek word. Marin, can you write a song? I would love to. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about dream interpretation? Do you think you can do it? <laughs> not you, not you, but do you think like- I can't, actually, but God can. Actually, yeah. That? Right actually, answer. yes. Actually, yes. I, yeah, and and uh, yeah, I've heard there's one in particular really interesting that, that has happened in the last, Ron Stoller actually had an amazing dream. And, inclu- and I think it was, he, he saw it as a prophetic word to Barry and to mm-hmm. me. Really? Has he told you about it, Barry? Yeah, yeah, he told me about it. Yeah, it's really extraordinary. You need to hear it. Mm. Yeah, he's not afraid to tell people about it. Um, and Ron's not a guy who gets that, I don't think he gets that all the time. Although he gets images, he got the, in his mind. At any rate, uh, yeah, I do believe it's possible. I also have a friend, a guy I'm in the way of discipleship with, who uh, he dreams in, and speaking of technicolor, his dreams are in complete technicolor, remembers everything, details. It's crazy. I don't have those kind of dreams. He does. So I do, I do believe, I do believe it's possible. And I've, and I've talked with people who have it and it's, uh, it is, it feels a little peculiar. Yeah. It's also very powerful. So I have dreams about like losing my teeth all the time. <laughs> is that because of that one time when that happened to no. you? I should know by now that when he asks a question like this, what's coming later <laughs> yeah. is Do you guys my have like recurring dreams that you're like, I wish I knew what that meant? I have recurring dreams. Um, you mean like naked and, dreams? Yeah. Like when you see, you feel like for some reason it's me standing in front of a group of people in my underwear. <laughs> yeah. That's stuff what that's, like that. That's my recurring one. What it's does awful. that mean? I don't know. Or, or falling. Yeah. Oh, actually, for a while, I had a dream, a recurring dream of flying. I never f- fell, but I, I, f- I could actually feel myself flying. I could s- over trees and houses for a long. It was actually wonderful. Yeah, those are great. Okay, you novice I, I dream just, interpreters. Yeah, um, I want to know. And here it comes. So like every time my wife and I talk about this, she's like on Google saying, what does losing your teeth mean in dreams? Oh. What's she like, find? Anxiety. Well, yeah, it's like you got a ton of anxiety. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or like I'm always late to take a test. Like I, I, I'm back in college mm-hmm. and I spent the entire semester not attending class. And then all of a sudden it's exam day. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in that class. I should go. I should go take it. And it's, I don't know what that means. Does that mean like, 
I'm testing myself. It's probably the same self evaluation thing that that losing your teeth means. Yeah, <laughs> anxiety. Mine yeah, is probably. not not knowing the lines. Like I'm I'm in a play Ooh. and I'm on stage. Oh, and yeah. I, I didn't learn any of the lines and I don't know them. Okay. I've had I've had some of those. I do have one recurring uh, theme. Not really the same dream, but where I am just learning, just beginning to learn uh, telepathy. Wait, is, which is telepathy? Is that reading minds? No, no, no. Sorry. Um, uh, what's when you can move things with your mind? Uh, oh, maybe that is telepathy. No, no. What is it? Hold on. Help me out. Telekinesis. Telekinesis. I'm so I've I've got the ability. I know I have the ability, but I'm just learning. Like I can That's move like one. I can move like a pen, and I'm like training and getting better. That's your dream. I have that a lot. That's That's awesome. It's really cool. I wish I had like real strong powers at it, but I'm just learning. You know, I'm getting better. Yeah. <laughs> And I know what it feels like. So well, when I wake up, I'm like, can I? No. Try your Meanwhile, best. Joseph didn't have any dreams like these. Yeah, he was just interpreting. He kept his teeth. He didn't move anything <laughs> by telekinetics. But his he, brothers had, he had a dream about his brother's hay bales bowing to him or something. Well, yeah. And he also had a dream. He was also able to in, interpret two guys' dreams that actually came true. And it's kind of crazy. And then the dream that he interpreted with Pharaoh led to the salvation, actually literal saving people's lives. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Why do you think he wanted to help those guys that had the dreams? Like, yeah. I think at one point you said in your sermon how easy it would have been for him to be like, oh, that's yeah. a cool dream and then move on. Or like, I don't have anything to do with you guys. Right. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think we don't get a whole lot into his personality. I think he was a very self-aware young man. I think he was very self-aware and he's very aware of other people too. I think there was a, there was a perceptiveness to him to him. He was just interesting kid. I just find the whole thing really fascinating when you, when you think about the fact that for Israel, um, Egypt is like the bad guy, like they're mm. the mm-hmm. ultimate bad guy. And so there must have been, especially since we talk about Genesis first sort of finding its initial uh, structure through Moses talking to the Israelites who had just been rescued from Egypt. Uh, it's interesting to consider what the themes of one of their own becoming sort of so powerful within Egypt mm-hmm. and even and even helping Egyptians in a, in a sense, it, it yeah. must've been a little bit odd for them uh, who, who would probably way more easily yeah. just refer to Egypt as their arch nemesis. Yeah. Well, yeah and ultimately it's considered Egypt was their, Egypt's, Egypt saved Israel. Right. And then it enslaved Israel. Right. Hmm. So it has this dual. Yeah. It's a fa- fascinating. So when Moses is telling the story, who knows in Sinai or on the wilderness, when he was telling the story, you could just see people in the crowd going, Oh, that's why we were in Egypt for 400 mm-hmm. years. Mm. That makes sense now. Mm. So uh, over and over and over again, jo- uh, Joseph has bad stuff happen to him uh-huh. and he's got a posture of humility, <laughs> a posture of um, just great perspective. Um, you talked a little bit about predeterminism versus providence. And you said, God doesn't cause bad stuff to happen, but when they do, God works within it. Can you talk, let's talk a little bit about what that means because uh, I was a little, I'm a little confused, but also I know a lot of people who've had bad stuff happen and you gave a great example. Maybe you've talked about, did he, did you talk about this on the pod? The story of, uh, I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so you gave that story. um, You told that story in, in service and I'm still looking for 
an easy way to explain the difference between predeterminism and providence. So can we talk that, about that for a second? Sure. And that really, in my the point behind the that is that I believe that little nugget of belief that he clung to, and I don't know where he learned that. I don't know if his dad taught him that, but that's what led to the uh, integrity that led to him caring for people that led to non-revenge because he had this perspective that, okay, life is, life stinks. Life is terrible, but God's doing something through this. So I want to be, I want to be, I want to pay attention to what God is doing. I think that's what drove all of his other behavior, but it's a very complicated subject. Yeah. Um, Gosh, how do you, how do you do that? How, how do you do, do that? What? How do you do what? Like, I mean, maybe it's the same answer as last week where like, you got to practice, but I, I feel like I, I'm, well, I'm going through the Bible uh, in chronological order right now. So I'm mm-hmm. in, I'm in smack dab in the middle of Job. Yeah. Which by the way, those guys are really windy. Like they, they, <laughs> they love to talk. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> those guys are real windy, but <laughs> I'm in the middle of this, of the story. And I'm like, how could someone possibly like, Let's be real. How could someone possibly, when you're in the middle of it, how do I believe that God is doing something for my good? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how do I remember that? What, what is something I can remember or do to believe that? Well, the first, the first thing is, the first thing is not to believe that, but to disbelieve the fact that God did this to me for some reason. That was the problem in Job, and it's the perpetual problem that human beings face. And that is, I'm getting, I'm getting something, God's doing something to me because I did something wrong. Mm. That was the whole basis of Job is, well, Job, just, it's okay. You did something wrong. You were really stupid. You really sinned. So just Just confess and confess it it. and repent and God will restore you. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) What are you talking about? I didn't do anything wrong. Um, side note, my favorite part of the Job story is we get, and I've said this many times, we get to the end of the Job story with this is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then God shows up at the end. God is this perfect opportunity to explain everything and doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's it, your favorite part. My favorite part. <laughs> yes. I love that is because God shows up and he says, look, I could tell you exactly how this went down, but I'm not going to. So yeah, mm. there it is. Yeah. Anyway, that. It doesn't make it any easier, but that's that's the truth. The fact yeah. is, uh, I remember um, when I, my first full-time ministry, I was in Massachusetts. And first time I ever actually processed this. Because, you know, Barry and I went to a school that was, would be very, what we call very reformed in theology, very mm-hmm. um, deterministic, you know, that God, you know, God planned what socks I'm going to wear today. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. an exaggeration, but that's reformed theology, theology in a nutshell. Yeah. And um, I was in this little bookstore in Brockton, Massachusetts. And when I say little, I mean, it was a, I don't know, one they little had room. four books. They had four <laughs> books. And one of the books was a book called Decision Making and the Will of God. Mm. And it got my attention. And it was the first, my first foray, foray into considering that not every single thing is predetermined by God. So I, I read this book and actually freed me up because as a pastor, we're constantly dealing with people saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this? Yeah, happening? yeah. Whether it's health or death or something like that. So, I, so it started to reshape my thinking on it. Um, 
I remember moving to Indianapolis and I had a friend who was in another ministry came to visit me and we got talking about the sovereignty of God in this discussion. I picked up this book and I said, oh my, have you read this book? This, this has changed my whole view. And he looked at me and he said, that's from the pit of hell. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. This book has changed, changed my life. He said, put that down. Don't ever read that again. Wow. And don't talk about that because that's from Satan. That's the first time I realized Eh, this is a hot topic yeah. Yeah. With, with people. This mm-hmm. is a really hot topic. Now, since then, I've gone deeper, further, because ever, ever since then, it's only gotten worse. You know, when, when you do funerals of babies and you do funerals mm-hmm. of teenagers that were killed in car wrecks and you do suicides and you do, and you're in, in emergency room after emergency room as a person's been, I mean, it's just after yeah. a while. you. What does that do to you? Well, after you, if you don't get cynical, mm. um, you've got to look at it. I, I just got, how many times did I hear, there's got to be a reason for this. There's got to be a reason for this. And it's a person going, I, can't, I, cannot, I cannot figure out why my daughter is sitting here dying unless there's some reason. I want to say, no, no, this didn't happen because God made your daughter sick. It's frustrating. You know yeah. what? It's frustrating, Tyler. It's just yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Till I till I got to the point where I was able to actually, in my heart, believe with all my heart that no God didn't cause this, but this is happening. So where is God in it? Mm. And He is in it somehow here, right? Absolutely, I agree with that. But I I think it's human nature to try to see a purpose. Yeah. In pain, and it's impossible. We can we could try to dream up all sorts of scenarios and. Uh, try to logically reason away why this thing took place. Well, that had to take place so that this, even what you said in your sermon this weekend about that pastor who said, you know, there's a reason for this. Maybe it's, you know, someone's going to give their life life to Christ through this tragedy. Horrible thing to say. But you see that sentiment of like, that person is just compelled to try to find whatever the silver lining is, even though, Hmm. That's not the time. And the fact is what you just said may not have been, that's not false. Someone might have found their way to Christ through this tragedy. I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. But when, when the pastor is saying that, that your son had to die so that Mm -hmm. someone. Let's be honest. God killed your son. That's so what, that what, that's what it boils that's down. what that's what they're really saying. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Because, and, and it's, and we feel like we have to defend God. I mean, all of Job's friends, were there right, right. because they had to defend God. Yeah. You know, I'm laughing because this is, this has happened in my life. Um, my, my biological father was killed right before I was born. So I never knew him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there've been all kinds of well-meaning people who have said, well, he, that had to happen so that your mom could marry your new dad. Or the strangest thing is my, my biological father's birthday is my adopted. Fa- no, I'm sorry. The day my biological father died is my adopted father's birthday. So it happened wow. on the same day. Oh my gosh. And I remember once um, a family member said, like, I, I didn't know that that was the case until a family member told me, but their words were, I just think it's so neat the way that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And again, no, rethink that. Oh, like, wow. You, you know, they don't realize how horrible the thing uh, is it, that they're saying. They just don't, they don't. So yeah. I have mercy. I have grace for that person. Like, I think they were genuinely trying to say something insightful and maybe hopeful. I don't yeah, know, but just. It's off. How many times I've stood in a funeral home and heard somebody go, they go up and pat the person on 
that's the bereaved on the arm and saying, praying for you. We know there's a purpose in this. Mm-mm. I just want to shut up, yeah. shut up. But I think, uh, I yeah. think Marion, you're right. When you say like human nature, I think we can't, we can't handle chaos. We don't, Yeah. we can't understand a reality that is chaotic. And I think that there's, this is something that I find really fascinating, but especially if you look at like ancient, some of the more ancient writings of scripture, um, even in Job, in other places, you see that that sort of the dichotomy of the universe that they lived in was not good and evil. It was chaotic or orderly. And so God as a God of justice and righteousness mm-hmm. is a God who brings order mm-hmm. into a world of chaos. And so, it, yeah, it's, it, it's just interesting to me to think that we spend so much of our time trying to trying to see our world as a world of order when in fact it is a very chaotic place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yeah anyway. Yeah. I wanted to say something, Barry. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but um, I was just uh, processing with another guy some real deep issues in his life just a couple of days ago. And um, he said there was a life-changing moment when you said something into his life in- In In a sermon? No, it was personally. Okay. Personally. And he he said, he said there are two things that he will, that he clings to. And this happened a, a while ago. And it was through a tragedy he was going through and you looked at him and you said, God weeps with you Hmm. through this. Is this person that I am thinking about right now? Oh, yeah. And you said, God, God weeps. Well, we can't go public with it. Right, right. I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about that. It was telepathy though. It was telepathy. Yeah. I knew exactly. I know exactly. I was literally moments ago was just thinking about that exact moment. You put that in my brain, didn't you? (laughs) I did. No, but seriously. I'm glad I could be here to share that. (laughs) with you. So, so watch this. Yeah. So watch this. So he's, that was a tragedy. This young man went through horrible, horrible, horrible tragedy. Yeah. And real you, quick. Real, oh, go ahead. Just no, go ahead. But, but now he's <laughs> down, the, now he's down the road and mm. he's in a very dark place. But the thing he's clinging to was mm. that truth mm. about God weeping. Mm-hmm. Well, and, oh. and let me tell you what it, what it was. What, there was a, I, I won't, again, won't get into details, but I was there uh, in the midst of this terrible tragedy in his life. And as we were just sitting without words, it wasn't, we had no, I had no words for him at that, at that time. All I could offer was my presence. Um, but as we were talking about it, I had this vivid mental image. I mean, vivid of, of Jesus on his knees, like screaming in frustration. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was so vivid. I had to share it with him. And I don't know if it was my own imagination or if God put that in my heart, but that image was one of, <clears throat> of me being able to say to him, I don't think, I don't think God's okay that this happened. Right. I think he is, I think Christ is, is, is broken hearted about this. And I, yeah, that's, it's really interesting to hear that he, he remembers that. Oh, as if it was yesterday. Wow. Mm. And that, so there's, there's the power of truthfully speaking about, I think we need to remind people again and again about these truths. And I even said in the message, I think I said, what you believe about these two things, the difference between predeterminism and providence will shape just about every decision you make from this point on. So Had a lot of uh, similarities to this Jacob story. Yeah. Where you talked about the ladder of influence and until you're broken, you're not going to achieve the destiny or influence that you, right. God wants you to have to change the world. And you have to make the choice to open your palms. And the same thing's true here. You're saying, 
if you choose to approach your brokenness with an open palm and surrender, you'll experience yeah. the loving providence right. of God. Yeah, absolutely. The difference between father and son is that God had to break the father yeah. and life broke the son. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's interesting because, yeah, they're almost mirror images of each other in the sense that for Jacob, he doesn't seem to really obey God. And so God breaks him, which then allows him to obey. Whereas Joseph always obeys God and yet life breaks him and he continues to remain faithful. It's, it's there. They're, and yet for both of them, the, the open palmed posture is what's necessary. Now mm-hmm. I wonder this too. So and this is speculation because Joseph seems to be the only son who actually gets it about God. The other, the other sons are varying shades of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and, and some of them the don't, of hammers. and some of them don't get to share in the blessing, they do not. Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, are the ones that actually become yeah. honorary the, sons. Some of the things that Jacob says about the, the other eleven like, when he's when he's blessing when them, he, when he's blessing yeah. them, he's like that's not a blessing. He's like, <laughs> he's like, wait, you don't. will be like a wild boar, <laughs> yeah. angry at the world and fighting against them all. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like wait, he, wait, is next? there more? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I don't, that's you not a, read it. It's yeah, very funny. Yeah. And some of them, it comes out really nice. But at any rate, Joseph <laughs> seems to be the only one who comes. Yeah. But the patriarchal line ends with Joseph. There's no more patriarchs. I mean, after after Jacob, there's no more patriarchs. It, now it's like 12 sons. And it, mm. I find it fascinating. They enter into captivity. We'll let Tim talk about this in a couple of weeks. But um, the patriarchal line ends um, Moses is not considered a patriarch. Hmm. He's, he's the one who leads them out of, um, you know. Why not? Out of, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. It's like the patriarchs end, then the prophet takes he's, over, and then we end up with kings. He's a prophet slash judge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We have the judges. I yeah. forgot about the ju- judges in between. But it's interesting because after that, the nation of Israel no longer... They, all they look back on is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't have any contemporary patriarch that they cling to mm. after, after Jacob. Not even Joseph? No, actually, Joseph doesn't. Joseph is a huge part of the storyline, but after that, it's 12 tribes, 12 tribes. I mean, it's all about oh, the 12 man. tribes. Mm-hmm. After that, okay, let's just be honest. It was kind of annoying because he was probably a twerp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why he wasn't a patriarch. He was a twerp. He was a twerp. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Dave, I know you got a, you got a jet, but uh, yeah. let's talk quickly about what we can expect next. So this coming weekend. Yeah. So a lot of people listen to this podcast as it's published or the week of, but mm-hmm. a lot of people wait and are behind or whatever. But for the folks that will be listening to this episode this week, what can we expect this coming weekend? Yeah, we're going to take a, a pause. Um it, we'll come back to this series in a way in a couple of weeks. And Tim's actually going to spend some time talking about the time of slavery, the 400 years of slavery and what happened in that period of time. It's kind of a silent time in the Bible. Um, but this week, um, due to a series of circumstances, we felt it was time to take on the issues surrounding sexual harassment. And uh, that is highlighted through the Me Too movement. Um, and it was sparked by a decision we made to uh, take a pause on our sponsorship and uh, participation in the Leadership Summit, the Global Leadership Summit. I'm not going to get into all the details right now, but it actually made me step back and go, okay, the time is now. The, the Me Too movement kicked off on social media in November of last year. And ever since then, I've been wanting to actually sit down, open the scriptures, 
and, and listen, allow the voices of those who have been abused and hurt to be heard and God's voice to be heard in the process. So that's what we're going to do this weekend. It's going to be a little longer sermon. Uh, I'll, I'll clue you in now. I haven't said this publicly, but it's actually two people are preaching. I'm going to do the introduction. Amy's going to do the exposition of the David and Bathsheba story. And then I'll come back and talk about the application. So both of us are going to share. And we do this from time to time where you'll say, just so you know, this is going to be a PG. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, parental guidance, meaning, um, I mean, the whole subject itself, talking about sexuality is, is something that some parents will realize their kids are not ready to hear. So, uh, Grace, people that are listening, probably a good idea to uh, consider what you want to do with your kids. I would prefer if our Fuse and Merge or Junior High and Senior High kids would be in the auditorium. I want them to hear this. Yeah. Because I'd like early on in life, they need to understand the dis- destructive nature of mm-hmm. uh, sexual harassment and violence. So, yeah, it's going to be heavy. I'm already, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I spent the morning working on it. I'm like, uh, I'm dragging. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Is it something that like you're dreading or is it like, no, I'm not looking no. forward to like, what's the, what's the proper emotion to match this? Uh, you know, there's sometimes I preach and this is one of them where I am desperate to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I feel a level of desperation. I just want to get it right. So I'm agonizing. This is one of those sermons where I'll agonize over every word. It's, this, this will not, this will not be casual. Is it something we should invite friends to like, I mean, and we should technically probably invite every week, but is this like, man, my church is talking about sexual misconduct. I've got to get my friends here. Or is this more like within the church community? I, that's a great question. What do you guys think? Maren, Barry, what do you think? I think, oh, go ahead. No, I would think, you know, your friends. If there's a person that's um, dealt with this or a person, I have, I have a friend back in Chicago I'm thinking of right now that would that would be shocked to know that a church is addressing this issue head on. Mm. One of her biggest uh, complaints and criticisms of uh, the church, big C church is just that, um, you know, they're, they're silent on issues like this. So she would be the friend that I would, that I would uh, bring to church for sure. Yeah. I was going to say the same, similar thing. Just the fact that we are saying something is actually pretty uh, unique in the whole sort of church world right now. I think a lot of people are pretty afraid of what the consequences would be of talking about this, but I think it's important enough to us that we're going to go there. Yeah. And we're not, bottom line is if, if, if someone has been sexually harassed or the victim of sexual violence or any kind of abuse, you're not going to get healed in a message. Right. It's, 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 you're going to get heard or your story will be, will be heard yeah. in general. And I think there's some healing in that to know that I'm not. So I'll, I just had a, a horrible, converse, horrible conversation with a couple, a couple of nights ago. Cause when they heard I was going to deal with this subject, they said, can we tell you our story? So I sat down and I listened to the story. Uh, I, sometimes I just want to wish, I don't want to mm-hmm. hear things. And so I heard her whole story and it was their posture, her heart, their, his heart. It was just incredible. But Here's what she said to me as she poured her story out to me, what, what she had, she said in the middle of, and she said this with tears. She said, I had no voice and I had no name mm. in through it. Mm. And in other words, I was nobody. And I, she was, she was the ultimate victim having to deal with the pain of it with no support, no one to talk to and no one who really cared 
that she even existed. It was awful. It was awful. So I'm going to try to, for her and others to say, no, you have a name and you have a voice and this is what your God has to say to you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Reminds me of something we talked about a couple sermons ago, the God who sees me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and weeps with you and gets down on his knees and just agonizes. Mm. Yeah. So. Wow. So. There you go. That's heavy we'll next week. Look forward weekend. to that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to bring uh, you and Amy in here next week. Yeah. More, yeah, because if Amy's not invited, you'll you'll be. Oh in gosh, trouble. yeah, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, thanks, Dave. Thanks for the message. You're welcome. You're uh, welcome. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to sit down with the Pod Prod herself, Emily O'Connor. We'll be back in a second. And we're back with Emily O'Connor. Official pod prod of Between Sundays. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I feel conflicted emotions. Mm, Why? Why? Well, you're leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah. This is my last (laughs) podcast recording. My last week working here. Friday's my last day. (gasps) This is going to be a tough week. I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's scared of leaving. So. All right, let's let's give a little bit of background about who you are and uh, what you've been up to since you've been here. I want to talk about your experience as a Grace Church intern, and I want to talk a little bit about what's next for you. So mm-hmm. um, when you, I guess your story with Grace goes back all the way through high school, junior, like you grew up here, right? Yeah, so I started coming to Grace when I was in middle school. A friend invited me to her Fuse small group. And so I joined when I think I was in eighth grade. So then I went all through Merge um, and then- where you met your fiance? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was a really creepy way to say that. That's that. a really <laughs> way to go. Your um, fiance. <laughs> yeah. He and I, so he did go to merge, but we were also on the swim team together at Westfield. So. Okay. Yeah. And then two years ago, mm-hmm. you did the summer internship here at Grace. Yes. I on did. the communications team. Mm hmm. And then you loved it so much that as soon as you graduated college, you were like, I have to be a communications intern again, but this time- I have to work with Tyler again. This time for nine months. Yeah, it didn't really work out that way. So (laughs) (laughs) I did love it. I loved the summer internship. It was an amazing experience. And um, every time they talked about coming back for the nine month internship, I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Not for me. I'm going to do something else. So I went back to school and I was journalism major at the University of Missouri. I think I've mentioned that before, but um, yeah, getting ready for graduation. I was looking at newspapers to work at because that was kind of um, my niche in college. My emphasis area is investigative reporting. So um, yeah, I was looking for stuff in that field. Didn't anybody tell you print is dead? (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow. Here, give me your dreams so I can yeah. crush yeah. them with my oh, two print. hands. I thought you said Prince. Yeah, and I was like, I did sad. hear that. <laughs> what does that have to do with journalism though? I, know, I was like, print. what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did anybody tell you Prince is dead? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, when I was looking at jobs, I thought back to the nine month internship and I just thought, well, I wonder what that would look like. And so I just had a conversation with someone who, 
we just talked about it a little bit more and it was the rest is history. So you had to raise support. I did. For this year. Yeah. So I had from we there's four of us who raised support to work at Grace full time this year. Um, We went to a fundraising training in Nashville, Tennessee about a year ago now. It was in March of 2017. And we were there for a week and it was exhausting Mm. (laughs) to say the least. Um, Beyonce. (laughs) Really? Really though? Um, Yeah. I mean, we learned how to, how to basically present ourselves to people in one-on-one meetings and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Do you want to join my team and support me in any way? So yeah, I did that from, I get, I started in May because I wanted to finish school and then, um, I went through August to That's raise. incredible. Yeah. I raised a year salary. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. So for people who may not know, like, what do you, what does a grace intern do? Can you give us a little bit about maybe what you've learned from your experience or what kind of you were into while you were here? Yeah. So there's kind of two pieces to being an intern. One is a like a ministry area that you're working in. So mine is communications. We have other interns working in the care center here um, in worship and drama team and student ministries. Like you can do a bunch of different stuff. Um, So there's that part of it. And then there's also personal spiritual development classes that you take. So six hours a week, we would get together as a kind of a cohort of interns and talk about, um, we started talking about the kingdom of God and what does that look like? And then who did God create me to be our personal stories um, kind of then went into like, what are some brokenness areas that you have? Um, How do we enter into healing? How do we commune with God Um, and kind of culminating into what is your calling? What is your mission statement? And so we worked through all of this. And really the big idea is how do you lead yourself and others well? Mm. So um, it was- Can I be an intern? I, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it seriously changed my life. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, how, how? Mm-hmm. how has it changed your life? How are you different now than the day you started? Yeah, so I- this weekend, I took some time to look back at my journal mm-hmm. from the very beginning of the internship. And I have this like excerpt from my journal, which I kind of think is hilarious. It sounds sad, but I think it's funny now. So I wrote something um, to the effect of, um, I never have enough confidence in my thoughts and opinions to believe that they would be the best for everyone. I don't want to lead a group of people, um, but I feel like the passions that I have tell me to make waves for the betterment of humanity, mm. but I never really take action, which leaves me feeling unsettled, but at least I'm safe. And this was wow. nine months ago you yeah, wrote this. Yeah, this wow. was nine months ago. So I come into this internship being like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what direction I have. I'm not really confident in much of what I have to offer right now. And now where I am in this internship, I feel like God has been like, yeah, we're going to take all that and throw it away and we're going to redeem it. And take on the world. Yeah. So I, I mean, I feel... I feel like I have a direction, clarity and direction, clarity in my calling and who he created me to be, what my gifts are and my strengths. And um, yeah, I just feel like I am more prepared to enter into the kingdom with everything that he built into me to offer. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That is profound. <laughs> there are people who poignant. Spend, they said that word this weekend. Did you yeah. know that? Poignant? Dave said 
poignant. Every time and, I hear that someone, word. Poignant. Uh-huh. He said poignant and someone looked right at me when he said it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's catching on, you guys. It's yeah. catching on. That's but awesome. no, some poignant. people some people spend years yeah. trying or decades. to find or <laughs> achieve what you have been able to do in nine months. Like it's mm. I guess um yeah, this was my first year on staff at Grace. So this was my first, you know, being able to witness nine months of an intern's life and work closely with you and to see yeah. um, just the power that's in um, being an intern here and the fact that this church offers that. And yeah, it's amazing. It's a really amazing program. Um, and that's the thing too, is like, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I, it's probably going to change, you know, like I'm not, I don't believe that everything I figured out about myself is completely set in stone for the rest of my uh, life. For the record, I am exactly who I was. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not. So, um, it, and so it's like, I feel like I know who I am right now, but I also have the tools to be able to figure it out. Um, somebody's out there playing piano, serenading us on the piano. It's beautiful. If, that, if you can hear this in your headphones, um, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Is it Will? Yeah, it's Will. Will Johnson. Will from just Fishers. wanted to be on the podcast, so yeah. he yeah. found Thanks, a way. Will. He's sneaking his way in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I feel like I have the tools now to like go forward and continue leading myself. So where are you going? Yeah, so I got a full-time position at the Indianapolis Hebrew Congregation um, as a communications coordinator. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> so, so what are you going to awesome. do? What is that? L'chaim. L'chaim. So that means I'm basically going to be running and managing all their like communication stuff. It's just me. It's not like a team really. Whoa. Yeah. But I'm, it's a pretty small staff. I'm a little so. jealous of your new job. Really? Yeah. Tell me about those those Jewish holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are several Jewish holidays. And by several, you mean like 40? Yeah, like 40. And <laughs> the offices are closed on all of those Jewish holidays. So I was supposed to start Good the 21st. You. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's a Jewish holiday. We're closed. You can start the 22nd. I'm like, sweet. So we all hung out on Friday. And mm-hmm. I loved when I could sense... Um, a little bit of fear or panic in my husband's voice when he asked you, so so you're still going to be coming around though, right? Like you're not leaving Grace. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I'm definitely not leaving Grace. Are you going to help them move? Oh yeah. Is There's, that what he meant? The, you yeah. Offered, <laughs> yeah, that's what he was concerned about. You offered he just donuts, wanted right? Your guns. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't have much to offer in terms of strength, but <laughs> I'll be there to support in any way I can. Yeah. Um, and you met your fiance here, Davis, mm-hmm. uh, at Grace Church. He's moving back. So yeah. you're going to be, are you going to still go to Grace? Yeah. Yeah. You're we've, in? We've kind we of made you. the North Indy campus our home campus. We really like going there. So great. I'll be around. All no right. Worries. Um, yeah. What, what, what's your ex- experience been like working on this show? Because I know your specialty was writing. And when you, we, when I heard you were coming, I was like, yes, we're going to have so much, so many writing projects for you. How many writing projects have you done for us? Maybe a handful, maybe yeah. a couple. Yeah. And it wasn't too, too long after you started that I was like, what if we did a podcast and you ran it? Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been like working on this show with, yeah. with these mangy, 
his <laughs> characters, his crew. Um, yeah. So I, in school, I mean, in school we did a little bit of, um, like digital media stuff. So I did a little bit of audio editing, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but coming into this, I mean, I knew that podcasts were obviously super big right now. Super hot right now. Super hot. So we- They are the avocado toast of media. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What? (laughs) The kale of media right now. So so I thought it was something that would be really cool. And I mean, it's kind of crazy how little I know about this actually, but when you do it enough, you kind of pick it up and you work out the kinks and it's a lot of trial and error, but it's been super fun. Um, especially this community. So now you can add to your resume that you were the executive producer of 28 episodes of a award winning. Can we get ourselves an award? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Self-proclaimed award. Best podcast at Grace Church. (laughs) Longest running podcast at Grace Church. That is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like I've learned so many new skill, skills just by being like, sure, I'll try it. I yeah. don't know. I've never yeah. done that before, but. Are you going to do one over at the uh, Hebrew congregation? I don't know. You should. They were interested when I told them I'd done it. So. Really? Yes. Cool. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, um, thank you yeah. for doing this. Um, I, I remember in your earliest days of uh, interning with us, I was like, I don't know if Emily would ever even want to be on a microphone, um, but we probably should have had you as a guest this whole time and booted me out or something. Yeah, probably. Hindsight's <laughs> yeah. twenty yeah, twenty. You know, I concur with that. I yeah. think that would probably be. Gosh, we start it. over. <laughs> That's okay. I'm really better behind the scenes. Yeah. So, so thank you so much, Emily. Um, we've already talked. We've spent all last week like crying over your your departure, yeah. but. Um, you made this show possible. We would not exist if it wasn't for you. And, uh, we've got, we've got big shoes to fill when, uh, when we carry on in your absence. So, um, thank you for everything you've given to the three of us and the guests that have come in and, uh, the listeners, uh, who get to enjoy this experience because of, because of your work. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. literally doesn't happen without you without yep. you nothing you guys happens. will be fine it'll be fine <laughs> next week's gonna be like bleep blor like feedback it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be awful oh. it'll be hang really in interesting there. hang in there everybody all it'll right good okay i have just one weird story before before we sign off oh. so Last week, as Tyler mentioned, like we spent the week crying over your departure. And I mean, like every meeting, yeah, every meeting that you and I are in together was a meeting of, <laughs> Which is a and lot. this is Emily's last time, you know? And so yeah. there's lots of praying, lots of well-wishing and stories around the circle as we all just talk about what you've meant to us this year. And then without fail, there's the obligatory laying on of the hands oh, yes. type of commissioning prayer. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> And for some of us, it's easy to do. And for some of us, it's a little more awkward. But there was one point where we were in this room, like just beyond these windows. Uh And that's the green room uh, here at 146. And I, I put my hand on your shoulder and I'm praying for you. And I prayed out loud. And I think I thought of like good things to say like out loud, but in my head, I'm just thinking, and God, her hair is so pretty. Oh, oh. It's just shining back in my face. It's probably because I didn't shower that day. It's like reflecting the glory of God. <laughs> my crown of glory. Yeah. Yes! If I've taught you nothing. Oh my goodness. Nothing else. I have a crown of glory. 
Praise Jesus. I think we should just end there. It's a great place. Yeah. Marin, will you send us out one last time with Emily? Oh, Emily, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Get out of my face. Oh, and we'll see Lord. you on the other side of Sunday.